Hey, welcome to this episode. This episode is with Owen, or as you may know him, just through his Instagram and uh, YouTube, it's Service UK. Now, Owen is a big lover of the countryside um, from, from, from a young lad um, helping, helping gamekeepers right through to now stalking and taking people out on after something they, they, they want to go and hunt. Um, it was a hobby originally that has turned into um, an absolutely fantastic business um, with a great mindset behind it. Um, who wouldn't want to have their hobby as a profession? So before we delve in, don't forget to subscribe um, and hit the bell button for more content like this and others. And uh, yeah, let's delve in. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I grew up on a, an estate. Well, I didn't grow up on the estate village I lived in. Um, I used to walk about 20 minutes across the fields to an estate to help a keeper. Uh, I worked on a pig farm when I was a kid, and um, <laughs> the guy that owned it um, committed suicide. And um, and in the in the aftermath of that, um, they weren't sure if they needed me as a young one. Bearing in mind, I was 11 working on a farm. And they used to be mates with the gamekeeper up there that I met. And so I started going up on a Saturday and Sunday helping the keeper. And uh, I really loved that. And, um, yeah, I just I always wanted to be a gamekeeper. Got to 16. Uh, I got a job offered me on a grouse moor through the keeper's network. Came home and told my parents, I've got myself a job at 16. And my dad says, you aren't going to be a gamekeeper, mate. He said, um, he says, uh, Go and get yourself a trade. He says, uh, if the Labour government get in, they might ban shooting, then you won't have any trade or anything. So I, I, <clears throat> I did, I got a job with a local company uh, uh, as an apprentice electrician uh, and I worked for them for 24 years and it was only kind of uh, worked my way up and I ended up being a director uh, for that company. And then when I got to 40, I, I was already still stalking and shooting. I thought I want, I want to do something I really enjoy. So I managed to have an opportunity to leave it I had to have a year off from that industry. But while I did that, I built my website and off Service UK went, you know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, so I've always, had, I've always had understood keeper in and I've always appreciated what a keeper has to try and achieve. Um, and, um, you know, it, it has changed a lot because, you know, a, mod, a modern day keeper, you, you know, he's, whether he know, thinks it or not, he is a businessman, you know what I mean? He's trying to make everything balance. He's got, <clears throat> you know... Um, a lot of things against him, um, you know, vermin, weather, crops feeding, you know, bees, um, and um, it's difficult, and it's never been more difficult than it is at the moment because uh, the books aren't balancing now, are they? You know what I mean? COVID's no. knocked that um, out of the park, and it will be, it will be very interesting to see what carries on next year, and um, yeah, it's. Me personally, I mean, I, I, I don't these massive days. I, I think the biggest day I ever shot on was a 400 bird partridge day and um, in the UK. And um, I think halfway through the day, I thought I was already starting to think it was carnage. You know what I mean? It was just... Oh, that was going to be my question. Did you enjoy it? Uh, well, I, I, I did on that occasion uh, because I was with a really good set of guns uh, and it was, it was actually... Um, uh, it was actually a corporate event um, 
and the, the hosts were a supermarket, a well-known supermarket, whether they'd get away with that now, that was 15, 20 years ago, out in Lincolnshire. Um, I think it was on an estate called Napton, and it was fantastic. And we just dropped onto one of them early October days where it was windy and the birds were superb. And, um, and the bulk of the birds were shot after lunch. Everybody was picking the birds, incredibly picking the birds. And, um, and then in the afternoon, they'd left the, 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 the drive after lunch. I think we shot a third of the bag on, on the... But it was, yeah. there was the old boys there that were a pleasure to, to shoot with, you know what I mean? And um, I think I was probably one of the only guys shooting over and under. Yeah. And, and, and I was there to help out a, a kind of friend who was hosting it. Um, and um, yeah, it was, it was a great day. But... I also got invited on a um, pheasant shoot uh, in the Czech Republic about eight, nine years ago. And every year I was invited on a big wild boar driven on. And then they changed it and they said, we're not doing a driven on this year. We're going um, to do a big pheasant hunt. And it was right on the edge of the Slovak border. It's called Zelosovic. And, and if, if it's famous and it's called a pheasantry. And that was just the most... I was... I was sickened. Yeah. Because they just shot, there's guys there shooting with autos. It was, it was, it was really difficult because I was a guest there. Um, but you got a smile and, and, and at the end of the day, yeah, they lined it all out and there was all the respect there, probably more respect than the UK show for a bag. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just gets hung in the game lot. I mean, they lined it all out, lit the bonfires and, you know, blew the horn and all that. And, but it was the actual massacre of these wave the wave of not particularly sporting birds and, and, and the guns that I was shoulder to shoulder with. There was about 14 guns. And uh, it was just how many, you know, if it, if it, if it really flew, it, it flied, flied, it died kind of thing, you know. It was, uh, so yeah, that was uh, probably my most, and I, my little shoot is my little family shoot. I run it with me, mate. We shoot, I don't know couple hundred head off it a year. We put some ducks down. We get a lot of fowl, teal, geese, grey legs, Canada's. Um, we put 100 pheasants down this year and we haven't, I think we shot 40, something like that. You know what I mean? It's, we haven't been, and I, I could go up there now, you know, and, 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 get, and, and go and do me exercise and meet a friend. But Dan, I'll be honest with you, I just, how it is at the moment, I've tried to, is there any reason for me to leave home yeah well I can bend the rules and everything we go to the woods when it's work because that's what we do as a job but recreationally me going and shooting pheasants just I haven't done it we've just topped all that up I've, left them too. I've said this from day one and we've shot we've, we've tried to bend the rules and we've and everything else my boss enjoys it but I've said <clears throat> with this and, and, in, and with the fox hounds as well you know we need to toe the line We're, people are against us anyway so why not show actually we, we'll play the game and put a bit of green light on us instead of it being in the bloody red yeah. all the time yeah I mean we don't need we don't need to have the spotlight put on us and right. us trying to make it fit and you know I see social media I'm on it as much as everybody but I see what lads are doing and you know that they're travelling distances to go and stalk and it's I don't know each to their own we've made a decision on it uh, I had to go to Hampshire this week um, to pick up carcasses and um, and check me feeders check me cameras I'll be honest I put a few mineral licks out and everything um, 
But was it essential? It's work, you know, and it, it's, it's a difficult one. I, I think I could probably justify it more than most. It's a very grey line, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, you know. Um, and, I, you know, I, I appreciate a lot of what goes up as gamekeepers, you know, doing pest control still and, you know, um, but we just got to ride the storm and come out the other side of it. And I, th I think from the deer world, we're definitely going to see a, a, an increase in deer numbers because a lot of the lads um, haven't shot the numbers they have um, because they haven't got the market for them. I think that's what stopped them. I don't think it's COVID that stopped them. I think it's it's what you actually, after Christmas, what you actually do with do with deer. You know what I mean? And it's, I say, I, I use um, uh, giving up the game um, that I put any spare game that we have off our shoot, be it, a, you know, five or six brace of pheasant, whatever, a can odd Canada goose. And yeah. everybody is very, very thankful of what they get. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I started putting a few deer on there and they've, they've all sold. But I noticed now there's like, I was one of the only guys putting it up there and I was getting people coming from sort of like Lancashire to pick up a blooming couple of Munchak. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of deer up there. Um, and, um a lot of deer up there for nothing, which I think is really good. There's some Chinese water deer up there. I can see the guy come and collect whatever you want. And there's a lot of deer up there that I think is really expensive. You know what I mean? So uh, Yeah, you always going to get that, aren't you? Someone trying to tear the arse out of it. But if they're selling them, Dan, that's the market price, isn't it? Yeah, you know yeah. I, mean? I suppose it, so. It is what it is. You know, if you live in the own counties and people are going to kind of drive out from the edge of London because they're foodies and they want to pay three, four quid a kilo for something hanging in the skin, then, yeah, good luck to you. It's... Yeah, definitely. When we were on the phone um, the other day, we were, we, we were talking about various pieces, and you said we talked about the antis, and you're getting a lot of hassle over the years. Do you still get hassle now, or is that... No, it, it, it comes and goes, and, um, you know, we a part of our business is creating content for other businesses, so, we you know, we're on social media, and it's... And it's a platform that's part of our business. Um, but obviously you put yourself up there um, and anybody can see it. Anybody can use it. But how I ended up in the situation I was, was uh, I used to help manage uh, a wild goat population in Wales. Um, that, that situation's now gone because the forestry, the national, the national forestry company uh, that weren't doing the management of it, all the goats were coming out onto the local farms and they're up in arms. So we used to go and shoot an handful and we were really selective on what we did. And, um, you know, a few clients used to go out for, uh, for old billies and used to give the farmer a bit of money. You know what I mean? I, I ne to be honest, I never made hardly anything out of it. It was just me we were doing a call. And if I could get um, somebody, a, um, you know, an old set of horns off an old billy that probably wasn't going to make the following year, um, it was a bit of a bonus, but um, it was because of the films that we put up with Team Wild and everything. We were flagged up on it, and I got a, a Welsh journalist contacted me. Just caught me at the wrong time, to be honest. Um, I was on holiday, and I said, uh, "Yeah, just drop me an email." And he said, "Oh, well, he, so you do offer tro trophy shooting for goats?" Which you know we used to shoot I don't know, three or four a year, um, so it was hardly a big industry. And I said, "Yes." And, and the next minute, that was it. They got me, and they got all the information off my website. It was all, it, and, and what they shared it onto was um, onto uh, Stop the Call, which is a huge Facebook platform. And then I started getting all the eight mail, phone calls, everything. Yeah. Um, 
I took advice. I didn't know what to do. Oh, shall I go to the police? And I, got, I was getting things like, we're going to find your children and cut their heads off and mount them on the wall and see how you like it. All those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Just horrible stuff. But there were all these blooming, um, you know, um, sort of like trolls that sit behind the computer that you'll never... And, and when you looked at their identities, they were all hidden behind, you know, it wasn't Bill Smith or there's as many women or Betty Smith from wherever. They were all called the Joker or whatever. And, um, and they were the ones that were, were, were hounding me. Yeah. So we, uh, an effort, we, we switched everything off um, for a week and then came back on. And uh, one of the uh, editors, Dom Holton from Archon, I write for a couple of magazines for Archon, uh, Rifle Shooter and Sports Shooter. I rang Dom up and said, what do I do, Dom? He said, he said, Owen, he says, you're probably the, the you know, the 10th person that's got a reasonable profile out there that's had this. And he said, the only advice I can do is delete block, delete block, delete block. And that's what I did. And I did it by the, you know, by yeah. the and uh, and you kind of whittle your way away from all the haters, and then there was a girl. You probably remember it. It's, it was probably about three, four years ago. There was a girl called Lisa, somebody, and she was shooting and, ab and, and tweeting and twittering it all. And she was shooting, feeding the kids on wild game, and she got pictures of her with boxes and God knows what. And the Daily Mirror got hold of it, and she was front page news. And that just in, in an instant, it took it off me onto somebody else. Yeah. You know, Rachel Carey, it's been, you know, yeah. it's it's not very nice though, Dan. I can tell you. No, it's well, I've, I've had I've had little bits of it because I, I worked for the Fox Lane Pack for a little while. Um, yeah. I used to fly the Golden Eagle for a Fox Lane Pack, and uh, it, they did they did leave me alone to a certain degree. When you have got a nine pound eagle on your arm, they tend to step yeah. back. But um, I've had oh, I've been spat at, and you know everything yeah. said to me. But well, sticks and stones. Uh, yeah, I think I, I used to follow the um, the Menel, which is our local hunt, yeah. years, years ago. And uh, I used to go with an old boy who's Norman, who's um, who's not with us anymore, God bless him. But it was, uh, I think I went on a couple of um, meets and there was a bit of trouble and I just thought, Do you know what, it ain't worth it. You know no. what I mean? It, was, it was just wasn't worth the hassle and it wasn't. It wasn't as enjoyable it used to be. And then I, I actually followed the North Cotswold because um, I'd got ground near, there. Um, accidentally, I'd been stalking. And just as I was kind of finishing stalking, they were meeting and I'd stop and follow around. And, and they got a completely different, they got a completely different field of people out. Yeah. If I say that in a polite way. Yeah. They were a nice bunch of people. It wasn't a big field. Um, and um, and it was all over stone walls and stuff like that, and so I really enjoyed that. But I, again, I never I, I never continued with it, and then no. life got too busy to go hunting. So um, yeah. and I buy orcs years ago. So you know what I mean? It, it's it, it's I've got there's, there's always something to do uh, in our job, and I just I don't go anymore. To be honest, truth. It's funny. I gave the I gave the eagle up this year. I, too many hobbies and not enough time. And, yeah. and I wasn't flying, you know, my eagle wasn't getting the time she needed to fly. And it was once there on her, so I said, you know what, enough's enough. And I wasn't enjoying it. I was starting to resent the hunting because I was, I was forced to go out every Saturday because I had to. Um, yeah. That's how it got. And um, I've given it up. And I, I still follow the hounds now. But it's funny how you can fill a Saturday when you thought, oh, I've got all this, all this free time. And all of a sudden, 
Yeah, it's full of something else. With an eagle, did you? So I used to fly sparrowhawks, and you had to you had to be out with them. You could you could miss one day in a week, but if you missed two days, you were right on the edge of a game of racking back to the wild. You know what I mean? And yeah. She, so you had to constantly. They were right on the edge. It's one of the hardest birds of prey to fly because of the, the weight tolerance. And uh, and I used to have a very short season. I used to fly from sort of like the middle of August through to when the clocks went back was my season. Yeah. Uh, uh, and um, I mean I haven't done it for about ten years now, but. I've had a couple of birds that have been, um, you know, wild injured that I've, um, for friends that I've acted back. And I've always said if I, when I retire, <laughs> when I retire, I'll, I'll have a spar or I may even pick up a merlin or something like that. Yeah. Years and years ago, I used to go out with a group of lads over to Newmarket. Ethan, they used to fly merlins on skylarks in the middle of Newmarket race course. And that was like August, September time. And it used to be a really nice gentleman's sport. And these little Britney Spaniels that used to work the, uh, work the long grass, get on a point on a skylark and up the skylark and ring and, and, and up the merlin and follow. And it did almost, you know, you wouldn't be able to see it. And then you'd just get the stoop and it was brilliant. Yeah. And I used to try and get in there and, you know, they'd, they'd, get, the, they'd get the lark off the... Um, off the bird as if they could to try and re-release it. You know what I mean? They're all yeah. got quarry licenses to do it off the, uh, off the Department of the Environment in those days. But they, uh, oh, it was only about the flight, you know, they'd ever wanted to kill one of these. No, that's the same as me. You know, I, though I shoot and, and everything else, um, I don't enjoy my shooting. I enjoy my rifle shooting. I, I, the, the sport I enjoy the rifle is the foxing. Um, yeah. But I've taken, actually, to be honest, I've taken the fun out of that because I bought a night sight. Um, which is, you know, it's now a job, not a sport. Um, yeah. But um, I loved it. I loved, I've always loved the running dogs, catching rabbits with the, with the with the lurcher. And the thing I really got into was chasing muntjac with the eagle. That was the yeah. thing for me. You know, just the foxes were yeah. good fun. Um, hares, hares, obviously the pinnacle for for a, for an eagle. Um, uh, but yeah, and it, and to me, it was never about the catch. It was always about the chase. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, 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 um, I had a mate years ago. Well, he, he still is a mate, but he used to fly a Benelli's eagle um, on the uh, on the Welsh borders on the rabbits up on these hills, and it was just, it was a piece of kit. That was a Benelli's is not as big as a Goldie, but no. uh, it was a fantastic bird, really fantastic bird. And again, he was a. I was involved with the British Falconers Club for years, for years. I was like the Midland. Um, I was like the, the, the vice chairman and we used to do a newsletter and all that. And I kind of, in the end, I got three sons growing up. I was into stalking, you know, doing a bit of you know, game shooting. I've always been into duck shooting. And we, where I live, I live on the Trent Valley. So we're, we're blessed with lots of gravel workings and there's, there's lots of wildfowl and stuff around here. So, you, you know, I just couldn't fit it all in. And with, say with the orking, you've got to really got to put all the time and effort into it else it's just not fair on the bird is it no um when i was poking around your website you've worked with quite a few few brands who is there anyone you want to work with you haven't done um well <clears throat> we may have a list of brands up there and and a, some have been project by project and then there's been brands that we've worked with for years and i kind of I look at other, I don't like to say I'm an influencer, but I've just been doing it long enough now. But um, I've kind of stuck with the people that have always, you know, I I, um, 
I started with Merkel probably eight, nine years ago when the Helix first came out. And, uh, and we did a, a media event that involved Merkel. Uh, and they said, uh, you know, what rifle do you shoot? And I, I've always shot Sowers as my rifle of choice. Uh, now, but I picked pick them up for seven or eight years. Um, but they gave me Helix and I really love this um, fast action. <clears throat> and... Um, and that's what I stuck with. And, and through Merkel, I've, you know, got a really good relationship. Um, I know them all, they've all become friends, if you know what I mean. And, and there's other rifles that have come along for us to try and test. We do like um, a bit of R&D for them. So we'll have them out in the field and report what back, back to. So, um, and I'd never wanted to be one of these people that this year I'm doing this and this year I'm doing that. And, uh, and I, if I've ever wrote any tests in any magazines, they're not one because it's been sent to me. Uh, and I'm not knocking the people that do the, um, the field tests that I've a set for a week and have to try them out. Anything I've generally written about is because I've had it for a year, if you know what I mean. And yeah. uh, you know, Boots is a good one. You know, I've, I've had boots sent me. I will really use these boots. And I've always said to them, yeah, I'll write you a review on a pair of boots if they last me a year. I live in boots. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've had uh, Mindel I, I wore for years. And then for some reason, I had two pairs that didn't last a season. Bearing in mind, if they lasted me a season, they'll probably last a recreational stalker or shooter five years. But <clears throat> so I kind of, uh, most of the brands like Hornet Ammunition and you know, <laughs> the Merkel Gear, Clay, people we still work with. Um, I wouldn't mind doing something with Pulsar is one thing. And I've never bothered them or anything, but I, I would, I mean, I, Thermal, as you touched on earlier on, is, has been the game changer. Um, and it's really come on the last 10, 15 years. Well, well and, and it, I was, because I was, I'm an old fart, um, I was reluctant to, um, to take it up. And I ended, and then I started getting on these, you know, Belgians and, Dutch lads rocking up that, you know, can afford to stalk and travel and, and, you know, turn up with all the kit. And they all started turning up with thermals. And um, Fleur were the first ones that people were coming with, these little handheld Fleurs. And, we'd, you know, we'd be out on jack stalking this time of the year and you'd sneak in in the dark, get up a seat, and you'd think, well, this bank in front of us is really good. And the guy would go, there's nothing here. Oh, what? And they'd pass it you, and you could see there was no, there's no thermal signature. Yeah. And like, so then you started doing it, and 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 in the end, I got a mate who's a, a commission lad, and he commission then moved to thermal, and he sold his own one to me, and I bought one of these little fur handheld ones, and I started with that, and you know you couldn't really, all you could do was pick up a bit of white on it and see that it was heat, and then you'd have to identify it. Um, but but now I've got a. Um, uh, I've got a Pulsar, I can't remember the actual one, but I've, I've had that for about 18 months and it was given me as a tip by one of my clients, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah, when he left, he'd had, he'd had a good deal on the old Robux and he said, um, I really appreciate you, what you've done. Um, I want you to have this because I'm going to get a new one. And, um, you know, it's. I had to move to that because the clients had got it, but it is a game changer. And in, in a world where you're judged on uh, results, both by the estates you work for and the people that you take out, um, it's very helpful. The most frustrating thing about thermal is you can see it 
but you can't see it when you then try and pick it up with um, binoculars. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. You know that happen, that happens a lot. You know, you'll see something and uh, you think, oh, we're in here, and you're looking and be sat in or whatever, um, or in thick cover, and you can you can bat, make out an ear, but you can see it fully in your thermal. And the better the thermals get, the better they are at, you know, producing a full signature in cover. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I wouldn't mind doing something with the likes of Pulsar or something like that. But I haven't, you know. There's there's things in the pipeline, as there always is. There's things yeah. come and go, um, and um, it's, you know, I'm. I'm still a traditional stalker. I, you know, a lot of the foreign lads who come to us, they like the fact that we don't sit up eye seats for a long time. I've, I've got a got a bloody bad back I have, so I don't sit for more than an hour, hour and a half. You know what I mean? I'll be out and about. So a majority of our stalking is um, active stalking. Yeah. And that's, that's a stalking I like. I'm not, I'm not a sit-around person. It works, yeah. but I just, just don't like it. I think, I think the, the continental lads that come over, or used to come over, um, Pre-COVID, they, they've been brought up of a history of because they've got pigs as a as a quarry species that they sit out for hours and they're very patient and happy to do that. Um, yeah, and, and they'll sit out and shoot under the moon. Well, obviously we don't do that; we can't do it legally. Um, and, and so we tend to pursue ours a bit more, and that's what they really like. Yeah. Uh, I think the um, in the last five or six years the advent of these quad sticks, whatever brand you go for. I mean, I use, I use Viperflex, but you know, there's a handful out there now. They, they really have helped as a shooting aid. Oh, Sparrow just gone through the gun. Um, uh, I, um, for me having confidence in getting clients to shoot off sticks, those quad sticks, um, if I'm deploying them and, and they're mounting the gun onto it, they, you know, it really has helped in success rate. Mm. That's what I've liked using this this summer. I had real bad fox trouble with my, my pheasants. I mean, I had a nightmare of, of, of trouble. Um, and a lot of it's my own fault because I was off, I was away with the testing units doing that, so I wasn't doing my job. Um, and then came back to a complete cluster. But when I got my night sight, I, I took to walking and not and not driving round. Yeah. Um, and I got myself some of the, um, is it Primal? The ones with the trigger? I could trigger yeah, yeah. triple bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you yeah. what, just absolutely. I went out the first night with, with, with my whacking great rifle. So I've, I've got a Remington 700, um, is it the SSF or something like that? Big, heavy job. Yeah. And it was all designed yeah. for shooting off of a vehicle. That was the idea of my 223. So, of course, when I put a night sight on top, Next minute, you've got to <laughs> card it around with, with a wheelbarrow. So every time I put the rifle up, I'll sort you know, get a bit like that. So yeah. I bought these sticks, and they were absolutely brilliant. You know, yeah. nice, sturdy base. They you pull the trigger, they drop to where you want them to drop on uneven ground. Did you did you have more success by stalking them at, the, at night? Than God, yes. God, yes. Every time. And it's funny, my dad said to me, because um, my dad's very, very traditional um, keeper because he was brought up that way at home. Um, I remember walking, walking around some tunnel traps and he just stopped. Dad just stopped when we were walking and went, can you hear that? I went, no, he said, you make too much noise, be quiet. So I, I said, what are we doing? He went, just have a stop and have a listen. Uh, it wasn't until this year, really, all that yeah. sort of clunked into place. And yeah. just a quiet walk around the night site. 
That one, that first night I went out like that, I shot three foxes. Well, I would never have seen them with a gator. Maybe, maybe I would have seen one. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it's absolute game. And because of my shoots... I've got, a, I've got a couple of lads that, a couple of lads that helped me with my deer management and they're into the foxing. And um, and they, they they go out on foot and um, they swear by it, you know what I mean? Um, but... Uh, yeah, so I, I I used to do a lot of foxing, but I just I, I just I couldn't fit it all in. You know what I mean? I could be out all day and out all night. You know what I mean? And yeah, uh, yeah. I don't do as much as I'd yeah. like to. I want to go stalking. You know, the stalking is one thing I haven't done a lot of. I think I it's its own discipline. I mean, and, and if you read the magazines, um, you know, a lot of the you know the, the current um, magazines, uh, rifle shooters, sporting rifle, and everything. You can see where the investment of money is in the amount of uh, kit um, with the foxing gear. You know the uh, the night thermals, the thermians, and all those gu- all, all that that um, these guys, you know, um, invest in um, for that particular market and how effective they are um, by going out and doing it. And the, the fox is always going to be whilst whilst we have produced pheasants, fox is always going to be. Um, while it's got a food source, you know, high in population. Yeah, 100%. Um, we're, we're blessed to only have the fox, really, aren't we? I'm, I'm yeah. just putting together some information on the wolf um, because I've got a lot of friends uh, out on the continent um, in different countries and different that are all getting impacted by these wolves coming from the east. And um, I say I'm just, just compiling all the information at the moment to write an article about the fox and the impact it's having. And... Um, especially in Germany uh, and uh, in certain areas. And I was actually talking to a guy on Monday uh, about it, and he was saying in his area, um, Wolf mainly focuses on the fallow deer because they're the easiest ones to catch. Right. And they've had a population, uh, his his dad's a forester, they had a population of about 300 fallow in this one part of the forest, and he reckons there's less than 50 now. Bloody hell. That's in five years, so uh, we haven't got the wolf, and um, God forbid we ever get it re-released here as a... Yeah, I was looking actually, with, with on the re-releasing thing, um, at near home they're looking at um, releasing some beavers, so I'm, 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 I'm hope, hopefully, uh, today, that's one of today's jobs, is to try and get in touch and see if I can have a chat with someone like that. Yeah, I, I, I saw a news feature on it over Christmas, and there were... They were showing you, I think they've re-released them in Scotland. Yeah. And they've got so many now, they can't re-release them in Scotland. So they've been catching them and driving them down to the Lake District and re-releasing them on private ground there. But it's... I've got a friend, actually, if you you listen to it, one of the audio podcasts of mine is about fly fishing. And Bernard um, used to do a lot up in Scotland. And he, he talks about the beaver and how much that's an issue with the salmon. Not the salmon trade. Yeah, I, I did listen to that because I thought it was quite interesting. Now, that for the price you have to pay for salmon fishing in Scotland, you might as well jump on a cheap flight to um, Iceland and go and get guaranteed salmon fishing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, uh, I'm not a fisherman. I was when I was a kid, but no, I'm not in a canal for that. And I've got friends that uh, have always like invited me to, you know, go and uh, thrash the water for a, um, a trout or whatever. But I always. When I, when I should have been developing the interest as a fisherman, game fisherman in my teens, I was flying a sparrow. So, uh, yeah, that's it. So you can't do everything. I, 
I appreciate what people do, but um, yeah, it's, I thought that was an interesting comment by him. So I did listen to that one. There you go, you see. Yeah. Um, I was like, what's on the bucket list? You got anything you want to go and shoot or go anywhere and do? Well, um, I will always want to go and shoot Shamwar. That's my, uh, that's my passion. And uh, this year we had two hunts lined up for it. Um, and both those got cancelled. Um, I would. I always like the mountains because being a bit of a fat lad, it presumes a bit of a challenge to me. So I have to get myself in shape for going. And generally, the people I'm going over there to hunt with are old friends. So it ends up being a lovely trip, no matter if it's successful or not. Uh, I may have clients with me. Um, generally, the clients are friends of friends, so it's not that they're completely new to me. And and just being up there in the mountains, um, so bucket list, I would love to shoot um, an alpine ibex in my lifetime. Um, I don't think I will, um, but I would love to do that. Um, uh, and I, yeah, I would like to go and do elk. Um, I, I had in the pipeline an offer to do a swap with somebody for that. Um, and uh, that kind of got scuppered because of the uh, COVID situation, but it was only a chat. Um, and that could come back on the cards anyway. Uh, I got, I, I, again, last year we had a, a, a trip to, um, to Finland to shoot, to, to stalk Kappa Kaley, um with a little triple two. Uh, and I was really looking forward to that because, again, you go out and stop in these wigwams for two or three days and do like, it's a real backwards kind of hunt. And it was not about the quarry, it was just about being out there and, you yeah, know... Um, the adventure of it all. Going off, off grid a bit. Um, That's the one uh, thing I have with the Americans. I, I really hate the fact that they can stalk and hunt the way they do. They've got so much freedom to it all where... Yeah. yeah we can't, you know, I'd love, to, I'd love to set a tent up and then be able to go off and stalk. I think that's, that's my idea of absolute heaven and you can't do that. In I, 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 I think the problem you would have, and I've had many American clients is the fact uh, that their success rate and because um, basically everything they hunt and shoot, they have to eat. Yeah. Uh, I've had Americans with me and we've been out, I don't know, after Roebuck, say for example, and we've shot in the rut two or three in a day or an evening or even out calling, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they just can't believe it because they're, they're that used to being tagged out or, you know, and, uh, I think that would be, we, we're so blessed with having the densities of game that we have. And it's one of the things that always comes back to me from foreign visitors. Even if it's a German sitting in an eye seat and there's pheasants all about, they're not used to seeing that amount of game birds or a hare running through or whatever. Um, you know, they've got wild boar, but that has an impact on everything that's ground nesting, feeding, living. And, uh, and so we are, we've got an absolute abundance of game. And, you know, I think for the, for the Americans, um, it's all about that, you know, that narrow, you know, some of the seasons are only a matter of weeks, aren't they? You know, yeah. for, for a certain discipline, be it a rifle or whatever. And um, so we've got an incredible freedom to hunt um, as much as we want. And we are we are our own. We, we don't. No one tells us what we can and can't shoot. You know what I mean? It, it's it's our own responsibility, which is quite unusual because throughout Europe, 
the game is run by the by the country or the state, and uh, you know you're top. You can shoot really. I've got one last question on my list of questions. I actually done some homework, which is unlike me to do any homework for any of these. <laughs> um, so, what is hunting to you? I think we've covered it really anyway. But what is hunting to me? It's my life, really. It has been since I was a kid. When I was looking for blackbirds' eggs when I was a kid down, you know, um, down the edge rows or whatever. It's yeah, it sounds a bit corny when you say it's your passion, but it, it definitely is. Although sitting up in a seat on your own in February in the snow waiting for some fallow does to come through, it's, <laughs> it's a bit of a, but it's, it, I, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's everything really to me. I'm, I'm always out whether I like it or not, whether I'm driving down, you know, if I'm traveling somewhere, going to manage deer on one of my stakes, I'm still looking over the edges as I'm traveling along the M40, you know what I mean? It's, yes. it, it's, it's just, just part of my life, you know, and, and I'm, I'm blessed the fact that uh, my sons uh, are involved with it and, and love it as well. And, um, you know, it's, it's just my life. It's everything to me. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, same, same with me and same with both people I talked to. That's one of the questions I'm going to try and put into most people I'm, I'm talking to now. It's, what is it to you? Yeah, it's 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 everything we do from the dogs that we have to the food that we eat to, you know, it's just entwined throughout my life. Really, yeah. I've just a, in fact, um, I've just bought a dehydrator. Um, I've got a mate. He's he's, he's um, sounds uh, very vegan. Chef Chef Pascal, he would be a good guy to do a podcast with. A uh, very passionate guy, and I watch what he does, and he's been dehydrating these. Um, it's kind of a biltong, but he's got his own slant on it. So it's biltong meets brisola, which is like an Italian recipe where the actual meat in the middle isn't rock hard. It's still soft. And I've been doing that and I've just done my first batch of that. And it's been absolutely incredible. Just, I just did some row, separated the muscle groups out of a haunch, cut it thinly and um, you like marinate it and pickle it for a few days and then uh, take it out of this brine and, um, season it and then uh, dehydrate it for two or three days at a low you know warm temperature yeah. oh, Dan, it's to die for is it really to, no, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go and have some now <laughs> just well, thinking thank about you it much, you know. thank you very much for doing this for me mate it's much appreciated no problem dan it's great that you so that was owen who i cut off a little bit prematurely a big thank you to him for taking his time out to talk to me because as all my guests they haven't got to take their time out and talk to me at all um like i said uh, like, share, uh, comment, please comment, please like, please share, pass it around. That is the way this works. Um, and yeah, until next time, catch you later.